0: And you're listening to Just, Just Ghouly, Ghouly Things. things. Ooh. Ooh. Hey boo things and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special episode 73 and we are your Bootsy Full Hosts, Rebecca and Lily.
1: Hey.
0: Hope you guys <laughs> are having a wonderful weekend so far. It is beautiful here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I uh, think I'm gonna go out and uh Maybe do some hiking or do some, like, workout outside. I don't know. I just want to, like, be outside, get some color, and, like, just enjoy the beautiful weather while we can. What are, what are your yeah. plans for today?
1: Oh, today. Well, I know I told you yesterday I was going to the grocery store, but I didn't get around to it. So I'm going to the grocery store today. Okay.
0: Any, any um, interesting purchases you're going to make?
1: I'm going to buy some turkey. I'm going to buy some juice. Some of that, like, mango pineapple juice that I love, sponsor us Dole.
0: Oh, it's Dole? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Mango and pineapple sounds like such a good combination.
1: It is so good. And I think there's one more type of fruit in it, but it's mainly mango pineapple. It is. You have to have it, especially, like, if you pour a little, like, if and then if you want, like, a drink later in the day, like, you pour a little Malibu in it, (sighs) and then you get the coconut mixed in with it. Holy crap. It is heaven.
0: All right, for all of our twenty-one and older uh, boo things, that is a drink. So wait, the drink is you do the dole mango and pineapple. You mix it with Malibu rum, mm-hmm. and that's all you have to put in it.
1: That's it. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. It's like the easiest thing.
0: What do you have a name for it?
1: Um, the name is in progress, so I don't have anything yet. Okay. Uh, maybe.
0: I was thinking like, like Lily's Paradise.
1: Ooh, I like it. Because I
0: hear that and I'm thinking I'm on a beach in Cancun with my Lily's Paradise drink, laying out in the sun, just having a nice, cold, al- alcoholic beverage. Yep. I don't know. Lily's That's Paradise. About- That's it, guys. If you guys decide to make Lily's Paradise, tag us on Instagram at
1: Just Ghouly Things Podcast.
0: Alright, so uh, let's take our bartender caps off and put on our ghost investigator <laughs> hats on Because that is why we are here So if you guys are new to the show, I'm Rebecca, that's Lily We, read, uh, we each read five spooky stories that we find online and we react to them So without further ado, Lily, uh, want to get started with your first encounter? Sure! Alright, let's do it!
1: A dude was murdered on my rent house. Now it's haunted.
0: Coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the house I currently live in is a rental. My landlady is an ex coworker's aunt. The last tenant shot a man to death on the front porch three months before I moved in, and the ex coworker worker nor the landlady decided to disclose this information. The last tenant murdered the man because he was threatening her life, so she shot him ten times in the chest from the front door, and he died in the flower bed. Ooh. Based, yeah. Based off the news statement, they were both meth users, and the man was a convicted violent rapist. I believe they had briefly dated, and he was kicked out. I don't know how that wasn't self-defense, honestly. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking. Um... Anyways, a neighbor told me about this, and it was all over the internet. Always Google your address and scroll down past the rental listing and map info. So, the paranormal stuff started happening almost immediately. I didn't know about the murder at that point. I assumed the 100-year-old house was just making rickety old house noises. The locked front door would open itself overnight, and the mail slot will violently open on its own. The banging on the door started after a few months, so I removed the glass storm door and replaced it with a pretty antique screen door. The banging on the door continued even with a locked screen door. Nothing can bang on the door through the screen, so the knocking is coming from the interior side of the door. Ooh, spooky kooky ooky. Mm. My animals became affected by the presence. Coincidentally, my dog is named the same name as the dead dude. My dog has gotten on my bed twice in the middle of the night to growl towards my bedroom door, which is very out of character. I was able to capture some video evidence of orbs bouncing around and my cat tracking them. My cat will stare at the door and look around as though it was watching something. So things escalated to the point where I'm seeing my potted plants in my study being moved... Curtains being pulled off the wall, and now disembodied voices just mumbling from the study. The study looks out onto the front porch. The front porch has a porch swing and small metal dinette set. Occasionally, I hear the metal chairs being dragged into my flower bed. A beanie baby showed up on my porch one morning, which I have no explanation for whatsoever. My cat is an indoor cat, just for the record. I finally grew the nerve to try an EVP last winter. The first few didn't reveal anything, but the last two were very unnerving. One of the EVPs, I asked the man why he won't leave, and the response was his name, also my dog's name, and it was said very slowly in a high-pitched man's voice with the inflection on the middle syllable, like in a silly but creepy way. The second EVP, which I did several days later, I don't remember what I asked, but I heard a man frantically mumbling something incoherent. It sounded like a very quick, nervous response. The second one chilled me to the core. Since then, I have saged the fuck out of my house. Smart. I have nightmares of a shadow man coming through my bedroom door and creeping into my bed. But I love the location, and the house is super cute. So honestly, until the ghost really starts fucking with me, I'm not budging. He can fuck (laughs) off. It's my rent house now. (laughs) i love her um amazing right
0: yeah do you think that this was the spirit do you think this definitely was the spirit of the guy that was killed on the property
1: i mean i think it's likely because a life was taken so suddenly and so violently Mm -hmm. that that energy is probably trapped there yeah i mean i think that like having a dog with the same name as the ghost also can stir up some activity. That is
0: interesting how coincidental mm-hmm. that is um, but I'm thinking I mean I'm, I'm glad that it's not like a malicious spirit or anything and it's not hurting the people living there but I do find yeah. it surprising that it isn't more of a negative spirit or a negative presence because if he was actually a yeah. rapist and he was killed abruptly um, you would think that he would be very rattled and very angry and kind of want like revenge or something on the property. Uh, so I'm happy it didn't. I, I'm happy it didn't get to that extent. Um, and I'm glad that this person took the next step and saged everywhere, which I think has definitely yeah. helped. You know, decrease the activity doesn't mean it's going to go away completely. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see as they continue to live in the house if activity increases, if it just if just ignoring it makes the spirit subside because they can't feed off of your fear Mm -hmm. so uh yeah a bunch of interesting different experiences in that house that it just it, it yeah do you think it's just one spirit though or do you think that there's a couple some kind of
1: back and forth um yeah that's hard to tell I mean I could see it being multiple spirits since one of them seems maybe kind of residual with just the knocking yeah and one of them seems like it's more you know kind of uh, not violent but more aggressive with like the moving chairs and the weird beanie baby situation that happened
0: yeah that, that beanie baby thing I don't know what the correlation is I mean that that's a weird one it's it's it wasn't, yeah, it, it, and it wasn't even a beanie,
1: baby. a beanie baby at the wrong house
0: was it a beanie baby that wasn't even in the house like it was just a random beanie baby I think so that's fucking weird yeah that is weird okay uh, let's see what my next story is going to be. Ba, ba, ba. I'm going to do this one. Don't go into the bathroom, because if you guys <laughs> listen to all of our quarantine spooky story specials, we make it a point that a lot of our stories are based in bathrooms. And we've come to realize that um, bathrooms are possibly portals into the, uh, onto the other side. So let's yes. see what this story entails. Okay. Um, so to set the scene, it's early 2005, and there is my mom, dad, my sister, 10 years old, and myself, 8 years old. We had just moved into this house in a completely different town and state. I live in Australia, so the distance was quite immense. And part of this house is an ens- ens- suet or suite bathroom connected to the master bedroom via a walk-in wardrobe. So this looks pretty fucking nice Ooh. if I'm picturing it cor- correctly so now i should mention that this house had been built a year or two before I moved in on land where there was nothing before so there wasn't any lingering spirits or anything attached to land that you think but anyway now just moving in there are obviously lots of boxes to unpack so eight-year-old me starts putting things in this bathroom Every time I went into the room, the second I would step foot off the carpet of the wardrobe into the tiles of the bathroom, I would get a feeling that I can only describe to myself as pure fear. I would feel like something was on top of me. Um, get this hard feeling of panic on my chest, hyperventilate, feel sick, and just shake in fear, and would go away as quickly as it started as soon as I'd step out of the room. At first, I thought it just, I had worked myself up and freaked myself out for no reason, as I had a habit of doing that in the past, but every time I'd step foot into the bathroom, it was like a wall. Would break, and this feeling was instantaneous without fail and become frequent to be way too coincidental. It would only happen in that one room and got to the point where I was quite vocal about it and refused to enter the room. I'd often argue with my parents about going in to get something they'd ask for, but me being an eight year old child with semi strict ex military parents, I quite frequently lost those arguments. These went on for about six months to a year and just suddenly stopped and never happened again. There was only other little things that happened in the house, like things moving on their own, things in the corner of your eye, etc. but this was the only thing that actually terrified me. I still don't like to think about the exact details of, the, of these experiences, but even writing it now, it still makes me feel sick, and it's been 15 years. And wow. edit, I should have mentioned before, but I was the only one who have. Who has experienced this particular thing? The
1: end. Haunted bathroom again. And it seems like
0: because she was the youngest of the family, closer to the spectrum, Mm -hmm. definitely. And being younger, I feel like spirits also know that you're more influential. You are more like, you're more gullible. Maybe the spirit was trying to latch on to this person. Mm -hmm. And, um, was trying to you know like manipulate them take host their body god only knows because it doesn't seem like a good spirit
1: yeah so um i wonder why i just stopped i'm starting to second guess like any bathroom ever at this point
0: right like now i have to every time i go somewhere i have to be like i'm sorry like before i go and like is your bathroom haunted (laughs) because i'll just take a shit outside I, it's fine. I'll just
1: go on the floor. I'll
0: just bring a portable porta potty in the back. Did you remember those? Like when you were little and like if you went on a road trip mm-hmm. with your parents, they had those little like porta potty thingies they'd bring in their car. Yeah, I'll just carry that around. I'm,
1: I'll buy yeah, one. I'm going to get one of those in case of haunted bathroom.
0: I'll go check it out on Amazon. Sponsor us. <laughs> All right, Lily, what's your next story?
1: All right. My next story is called unexplained green light orb in the middle of a forest. This happened a few years ago in a campground in Florida. Oh, anything can happen in Florida. I visit (laughs) this campground every two years, and I was familiar with it at this point. This is the first time anything like this has happened. This campground is also in a national park, so there is a thick forest surrounding it. My cousin and I left a cabin and went on a walk down the road and through the woods at sunset. About a mile or so in, we got off the road into an area that I am familiar with. It has a roundabout-type road with trimmed weeds in the middle. The roundabout has two roads to it, the one we entered from and the one that leads to an area that I'm not very familiar with. To the left of the roundabout was a large cabin my family frequently rented out for events. To the right was a picnic area gazebo that overlooked a pond. We were completely surrounded by dense woods. My cousin and I go to the gazebo to talk and watch over the gorgeous sunset over the pond. We found the fuse box for the gazebo and turned it on for a little extra light while we talked. After a while, darkness started to catch up with us, and we realized the area looked like a perfect spot for a horror film to take place, so we decided to turn off the lights and head back to the cabin. Being in the middle of a national park, there were no light poles or street lights. It was pitch black, save for our phone flashlights. I can't say the word flashlight, apparently. <laughs> flashlight. Flashlight. Um, once we turned off the gazebo lights, we noticed something that shouldn't be there. In the middle of the roundabout area was a green light or orb suspended about five feet in the air. It was about the size of a grapefruit, and it didn't move. There was nothing in the roundabout that would produce light, and the light didn't illuminate anything or looked like it was attached to anything. My cousin and I are a little freaked out by this, and we make our way towards the road, avoiding the orb as much as we can. A short ways down the road, we realized we had no idea where we were, and we had gone down the wrong road. We return to the roundabout area, and the orb is still there. Unfortunately, the road we needed to get to was on the other side, meaning we would have to pass the light about six feet away to get to it. We try our best to walk by with a closer look, And I still couldn't see the source of it We eventually returned to the cabin And all was good That was my first night And only time being in that area at night I didn't take photos Because I was pretty scared of being in pitch black woods In the middle of the night And was using my phone's flashlight To make sure I didn't accidentally step on a snake That night I googled for any paranormal activity In that campground And only came up with random articles Saying the devil appears in the Insert campground name here Type of stories nothing really explains the orb though I asked my friend about it and he says it was probably an animal spirit but it was very motionless it was just suspended in the air just glowing bright green. the end hmm
0: so do you think it is possibly alien related like UFO
1: see that's what I was thinking at first but like it was so like relatively close to the ground it was only 5 feet off the ground
0: so you just so then we would have to assume that it was um an orb ball of energy um doesn't necessarily mean it's a
1: ghost but yeah uh, but like a spirit yeah
0: hmm I wonder what green let me look up what green means like if it's a green ball of light hold on green wait let's see symbolism I can't type today symbolism (laughs) for green light See, if I put in green light, it goes to Gatsby, the great Gatsby, so I have to say oh, yeah, green yeah, yeah, ball yeah. of light. So, um, according to paranormal.lovetoknow.com, uh, green orbs are believed to be spirits tied to nature, such as nature sprites or nymphs. Some theories also include angels and various spirit guides. The connecting essence is the love of nature. A person who's connected in spirit to the natural wor- world may be visited by spirits in the form of green orbs. Um, So, a green orb may carry a message about a person's need for healing. This can be spiritual, emotional, mental, or physical. Um, Another possible message is that the spirit is there to deliver a healing to the individual. A third interpretation might be that the spirit orb is bestowing the person with the ability to heal. And some people believe that the elemental spirits communicate in the form of green orbs their love for nature and encourage obtaining a oneness with nature. So everything just circles back to either healing of some kind um, and healing through nature. So I think that's a really beautiful message. Um, We don't know Mm -hmm. what this person went through maybe during that time since they didn't really describe any traumatic things that were happening yeah but maybe if this person reflects and looks into what these green orbs mean maybe they'd be able to
1: kind of put the pieces together interesting yeah i like that i think that's sweet me too that's what i'm choosing to believe about this story <laughs> me too me too okay okay
0: my, what? Next <laughs> <laughs> my next story is about gary my friendly ghost or something So, background. A while back, I took a photo, and behind me on my stairs was a creepy thing. I was spooked, ran out of the room, and didn't return to that room for a while. Me and my friends, despite the spookiness of it, turned turned it into a joke somewhat and named the spirit thing Gary. I had a friend who was obsessed with paranormal stuff coming into my house and checking it out. He wasn't much help, but we both watched as one of my younger brother's toys fell when we were talking to the spirit. We call my sisty and they go by they-them pronouns. This is relevant to the situation. So at first for me, it was sort of a joke. I was afraid of what I had seen, but it was just a joke, and I was sure that the outline wasn't uh, some sort of ghost. It was just a mirror smudge. But after I saw him, I started thinking about weird things. Whenever I kickbox in my mom's room, I always felt like someone was watching me, and my cat would stare at me, not looking like she wanted to protect me, but rather that she saw a new person." I don't think Gary is a bad thing or anything. He never gave me off bad vibes. My sister started having bad dreams, and we just assumed it was Gary's fault since the idea of perhaps a ghost living in your house is terrifying. So <laughs> we had my sister watch as my mom cleansed the house with sage. Smart people. I feel like the theme of this episode is saging. Yeah, sage people. who know to sage. So the feeling of fear left my sister. We just assumed it was Gary in the room, and he left but I felt like Gary was still there. I felt like I was being watched, but I was never scared, and I've never felt like he had any bad intentions, so I didn't think to tell my mom. My mom apparently has been losing sleep because her closet door keeps opening randomly at night. I noticed the same thing as I kickboxed. We never heard or saw it open. One second it was closed, and the next it was opened. One day, my mom had found a picture of my sister, um singed at the top she was upset about this and asked my sister who wasn't in the greatest headspace, if they did this after interrogating us all we were shocked to find out none of us did it we fear that maybe either it was gary which i doubt he seems chill or something else maybe when my mom cleansed my sister's room he or she i don't know man uh, left the room and went to my mom's this thing definitely has bad intentions from my sister and maybe even my mom. So uh, sidebar, people. Maybe when you cleanse a place, uh, cleanse all the rooms, not just one. <laughs> uh, another thing we've noticed is that my cat, who has a super close relationship with me and usually never leaves my side, has stopped hanging out with me and staying only in my mom's room 24-7. When she can't go to my mom room, mom's room, she starts crying loud. Everyone in the house can hear her. One last thing to mention is when Dee has had bad dreams, Dee went through sleep paralysis one night, but it was weird. Dee could move the top of their head, but not their legs, and they saw a long, bony creature in the room. The streetlights from outside illuminated it. I don't know if we just freaked ourselves out, and maybe the photo was some weird a- weird accident. Um, I can't see how a photo could be an accident, because we leave it somewhere where it can't be burnt. We keep it away from our candles and on a wooden shelf. So theoretically, if it was burnt, it would have burnt the shelf too, right? This same shelf is where my friend had saw my little brother's toy fall off from it. The end.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's something more than just Gary in that house. Maybe Gary is
0: actually the protector because they're pro- he's protecting them from the darker spirit that resides there as well.
1: Ooh, I like it
0: and the, the singeing of the photo gives me very bad vibes it's as if they're trying to burn like i feel like the burning is like a significant negative connotation to mm-hmm. it you know
1: yeah that imagine finding a picture of yourself that's singed at the top i'd be like someone's out to get me
0: oh yeah definitely like i definitely would think a hit out was put like a hit was put out on me for yeah. sure
1: yeah, or um, I had, like, a creepy stalker or something. Yeah, yeah. And it
0: makes sense, too, that it makes sense that it doesn't make sense because it was placed on a wooden structure. So the structure, like, the shelf would have had to burn, too. So That's weird. Yeah, really weird stuff. But hopefully they
1: sage the whole house now. and um, <laughs> They the, learned their lesson and sage the whole yeah. house.
0: Moral of the story, sage everywhere. Sage, sage, sage. Doesn't hurt to sage.
1: Nope. Wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Okay. A strange imaginary friend who terrified my family. So, for some context, I must have been about four when this happened, but I remember it all very clearly. I stayed with my grandparents every weekend from about two to six years old to relieve my mother of some burden. She worked and went to school full-time back then, and I had two brothers, 11 and three at the time, who could be a lot to handle. I was a very quiet kid who had no problem keeping myself entertained, so it was easy for my elderly grandparents to watch me. I've always had issues with sleepwalking, and it's because of this that I had a small child's bed next to my grandparents' bed in their room. One night, as my grandparents were sound asleep snoring, I sat in bed and watched their small TV that sat atop their dresser. All of a sudden, the TV shut off. No rhyme or reason. The remote control sat alone on the nightstand next to my grandmother. Oddly enough, I was not frightened by this at all. My child brain simply thought, oh, okay, the TV is off, must be time to sleep. <laughs> I laid back in bed and gathered the covers around my neck to get comfortable. Then when I looked back up, I noticed a tall figure standing in the corner in the room, illuminated perfectly by the street light pouring in through the window. He was of an average height, However, he was wearing what I now understand to be a cloak. As a child relaying the story, I would insist he was wearing a dress. And his face was red with streaks of black that seemed to be flowing down from the crown of his head. Mm. I was startled, but again, oddly, not afraid by this man in my presence. Despite my lack of terror, I knew this man should not be there and tried to wake my grandparents, first by calling their names then jumping from my bed to theirs and shaking them both vigorously they never woke and continued to snore lightly <laughs> now the unnatural nature of the situation started to hit me and i began to worry something was wrong with my grandparents but had no regard still for my own safety i looked back at the man and he had a hand outstretched beckoning then slowly began to glide towards the hall that towards the door sorry that led out into the hall after he disappeared out the door, I got out of bed slowly and began to follow him. To this day, I cannot explain why I did that. Other than that, I really just had no, absolutely no fear of this odd-looking man. I followed him down the hall and into the kitchen. I saw him pass through the kitchen door to the living room, but when I got to the living room, he had disappeared. Now that is when terror hit me. I felt extremely cold, and something horrible wash over me. I ran back into my grandparents' room and launched myself into their bed. They immediately awoke, and I told them what happened, to which they both absolutely lost their minds. My mima turned all the lights on in the whole house, and my pop searched it top to bottom with the bat. They found nothing, and we all eventually went back to sleep. Around that time, there was a show on TV called Freakazoid, and the boogeyman character was called Candlejack, so that's what I decided to call my strange visitor. <laughs> he became somewhat of an imaginary friend after that, although I'm not sure how imaginary he really was. It was after this that I became, began sorry to feel presences um, and still do to this day. I would always tell when it was Candlejack specifically around, though, and others could tell, too. I would tell my mother or grandparents, oh, Candlejack is here, or would make them set an extra place at the table because he was with me and would need somewhere to sit. I remember very clearly how uncomfortable this seemed to make everyone, particularly my mother, and I learned later in life it was because they could all feel it too. My brothers would not come near me when I was playing with Candlejack. My mom said the room would get cold and stale, and she would get a nauseated feeling when he was around. As time wore on, I began to be afraid of his presence and thought that if I didn't do things to make him happy and feel included, he would get angry and hurt me. But I don't remember why or what made me get this idea. Even though I still felt him around, I began to tell everyone he wasn't there or that he, quote, went off to college. I persistently ignored him until one day he went away for good. To this day, whenever he is brought up amongst my family, usually after a few drinks, everyone still talks of how absolutely terrified they were of Candlejack and their separate experiences with him. I will never know if I was visited by something or if it was just my overactive imagination and the power of suggestion that was scarring everyone else, but I hope that I never see or feel him around me again. The end. Hmm...
0: So, I'm conflicted. Was this a Mm -hmm. good spirit or a bad spirit?
1: It's hard to tell. Because... It's hard to... I'm literally scratching my head trying to figure this out. (gasps) I... Now, was this... She said that he had the red,
0: like, like, blood going down his face. Was that
1: she just said red she didn't say oh. It was bl- blood oh okay. i mean it might have been it
0: could have yeah it could have been a sim- symbol for that but um i don't even
1: it's hard to tell right because at first he seems kind of mischievous he's luring her in and then he just disappears and wants to play
0: yeah so but maybe he's trying to lure her and realizes it's not working so he's trying to befriend her Mm -hmm. you know try to act as like a friend to her um you know as she describes or he describes as an imaginary friend Mm -hmm.
1: um
0: and just i guess his goal is to try to maybe you know lure her into whatever realm he's from um i don't know i get i just i feel a little off about this guy
1: look up really quick on your phone no face spirited away because that's what I was picturing the whole time no face
0: no face spirited
1: away except instead of red on the face it's white oh
0: okay I could see that I can for sure see that that's creepy that doesn't give me good vibes this face nope is it in this show is he like a good spirit or a bad spirit? He's like a greedy spirit. Okay. Okay. So not the worst but like not the best either.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird It's weird very story. similar. It's like you think like he's like good at first and then he starts like eating people for gold and stuff. Oh, well maybe
0: this spirit wants to eat her for gold.
1: <laughs> True. Or no, he throws gold at people and then they all like him and then he starts eating the people who are collecting his gold it's weird i don't know that movie's like an acid trip i guess <laughs> i mean i wouldn't know i've never done acid but disclaimer I, did, I feel like it would be like spirited away huh
0: i've seen that character before i just didn't know where it was from
1: yeah weird
0: okay my next story is titled my experiences on tyler street A few experiences from high school. So preface, this will be a little lengthy as I will be describing in detail to better tell the story, so I apologize in advance. Also, these stories are not in chronological or any sort of order. Uh, So just letting you guys know, our OG boo things, this is not that long of a story. So you only have to moderately strap in. (laughs) All right. When I was in high school, 2012-2016, to I lived in the town of Oswego, Illinois, an average town near Aurora. Anyways, when I was in 6th grade, around 2009-2010, my dad and stepmom bought a house in the middle of town that was foreclosed on. Since it was a foreclosure, it was a little beat up, but my dad was a master tradesman so we renovated most of the house together. Everything seemed fine until I moved in with him full time for high school. My room had previously been in the basement, but since my brother moved out, I got moved up though to the second floor, which was awesome because no matter the time of day or what, lights were on and I always felt like I was being watched in the basement and it frightened me to the point I wouldn't sleep down there, I would always sleep in the living room. But, since I got moved up, I had felt fine. My room was on the second floor at the very end of the hall, and along the way to my room, on the left side of the hall, was a cedar closet, then a bathroom, and on the right side, my sister's room, and then a small closet, and then my parents' room. Anyways, back to the living room. On the first floor, as I would say, late I would stay up late at night watching TV or what have you. It would be quiet, and then when I would start hearing bumps and stuff moving in the basement when I was the only one awake. I know this sounds cliche, but the noises always seem to happen between 2 and 4 in the morning, and I know it wasn't the dishwasher or washer or dryer or anything because I haven't started them. This happened all the time in the years I lived in that house. The point I started to ignore it, but one day when I was a sophomore, year ten for those outside of the U.S., I finally got annoyed and went to the top of the basement stairs and looked down. And I said something along the lines of, "Cut out the noise!" And I went back to the living room, and it went quiet. No more. Uh, it went quiet. No more noise. And then I heard footsteps that sounded like they were coming up the stairs, and I bolted up to my room <laughs> and locked the door. Uh, the second story i have is a little less creepy though so one day in the summer i was hanging out in my garage with my dad and i ran up to my room to grab something i had noticed all the doors in the hall were open and i didn't think anything of it but about a half hour later i went back up to my room and as i got to the top of the stairs i noticed that all the doors were shut to where the handles needed to be to open them but not just like cracked open completely shut I ran back downstairs because the only people home were my stepmom, my dad, and I, and all three of us were in the garage the whole time. Oh so I told my stepmom about this. She also believes in the paranormal and has seen shadow people in this house, and she agreed it was peculiar. peculiar, peculiar. I can't <laughs> say that. Oh, my God. What happened? I was getting possessed there. We only used the back door and side door to go in and out, and the front door stayed locked because unless we hosted a party, so no one went into our house or... "'or we would have seen them from the garage. "'I went back upstairs and opened all the doors, "'thinking maybe a window was open, "'but all the windows in the house were closed "'and the A.C. was on. "'The third story I have was tame but scared me the most. "'I was in my living room and home alone, but I got up to get a drink, and I saw a shadow on the stairs, peeking around a, ha- a wall. And as soon as I looked, it went behind the wall. So I thought it was just my sister, and I had to question. And I had a question for her anyway. So I went up to her room and opened her door, but she wasn't there. So I looked to the bathroom, and the door was open. So I looked in, and no one was there. So I checked the other rooms upstairs, and she wasn't there. So I started to panic, and I ran downstairs, put on my shoes, and as I went to leave, the door handle to the outside started to shake violently. I grabbed it and opened the door and went outside, hoping the doorknob was just the wind and my sister or my sister was playing a, a joke on me, but her car was nowhere in sight and I freaked out heart racing. I called my stepmom and told her what happened and I waited in the driveway until she got home. Then about 15 minutes after my stepmom got home, my sister pulled up to the house. So thought the sister was there the whole time. The sister was far from not being there. <laughs> so what was that thing? story four I was in junior high before I moved out of the basement and my parents were hosting a Father's Day party so we had a lot of family over because the parade went down my street so every year we hosted anyway Father's
1: Day parade?
0: yeah I guess there's not a lot going on in Oswego so I guess (laughs) I guess I guess that's what uh, I guess that's what Illinois towns do I don't know Must be. Okay. um, Anyway, I went to throw a water gun into my room in the basement, and I threw it from the stairs so I didn't go all the way down and didn't turn on the lights. I threw it, and it just landed on the floor, so I started walking back up, and a big rubber dodgeball I had, it was like two feet wide, rolled off a pile of stuff on my bed. It had been there for days. And as I looked, because the sound startled me, I saw glowing yellow eyes in the blackness at the back of my bedroom, and I looked at them directly, not looking away for about five seconds, just frozen, until I went back upstairs. We have a cat, but he's a dick and was locked up in my parents' room on the second floor. (laughs) If you have any idea of what's going on during these paranormal happenings, let me know. Was this a malicious spirit toying with me? The end
1: see i think the glowing eyes is the scariest one although oh, yeah. thinking that the sister is home and then she pulls in the driveway is also pretty fucking scary
0: i just think these are spirits that are lurking in the house and not that they're necessarily like a spirit guide or anything um but they I, I don't think they're demonic i just think that they're just they just want their presence to be known that hey i'm here uh you know respect us
1: mm-hmm. and that's it they're just kind of
0: screwing around <laughs> yeah they're just messing around they're just being little fuck boys
1: yeah pretty much
0: Mostly no fuck i mean boys. i could
1: see that i could also see this being like a confused spirit like what's what's going on
0: definitely i, c- I could agree like maybe they they don't recognize they don't realize that they're the dead ones and they see these people going in and out of their house and like who well they hmm yeah because then if, if this if this house is foreclosed on maybe the people left previously maybe someone died in the Mm -hmm. house and the people that inherited it they couldn't afford it i mean there's so many different reasons why a house could be foreclosed on but it makes you Mm -hmm. wonder what was the history behind that house
1: yeah, juicy i like it
0: all right lily what's your next story
1: okay My paranormal experience. I know it sounds unreal, but I assure you I'm being 100% honest in my explanation. I've had many creepy experiences with inexplicable qualities, but I only experienced something paranormal once in my entire life. When I was 16, I lived in my mother's old house, or my mother's house, sorry. (laughs) I lived in my mother's house, which wasn't very old at the time, maybe 40 or so years. Only two other people had lived in it prior to us, and, as far as we knew, no one ever died in the house. So nothing ever seemed creepy about the house or the neighborhood whatsoever. One winter night, my mother was at her friend's house, and I was home alone. Whenever I was home alone, I always kept all of the lights on upstairs as to warn any possible thieves that there were people in the house. (laughs) I stayed in my room most of the night with my door closed. While I was sitting in my room with light music playing, all of the lights went off in the house, including my room. My music went off, and it was now dead silent. Before the lights went off, I heard a strange clicking sound, which I figured was just the noise of the lights turning off as a result of a fuse breaking. Then I left my room to go turn the fuse back on when I realized that all the light switches seemed to be flipped. However, I wasn't really creeped out because sometimes the direction of the light switches changed due to manually turning the lamps in the room on or off without using the switch, if that makes any sense. It does. Um, I then went down to the electrical controls in my basement when I realized they were all on. I then went to turn the closest light on and it worked. The light came on, as did all the rest. At this point, I was creeped out and decided to run through the house quickly turning on all the lights so I could just close my door and go to sleep. This was mostly successful until I reached the room right next to my bedroom. I flipped the switch and the light didn't turn on. Mm. This was always the darkest room in the house because the lamp was very dim and the window was small and the blinds were down almost always. Realizing that the lights weren't turning on no matter how many times I flipped it, I slowly walked into the room to turn the lamp on manually. Before I even got two inches into the room, I saw a gray, staticky-looking outline of a very tall man. It was very clear that it was a person. He was so tall that his head was halfway up the wall and his hand was slowly moving up and down the surface of the wall. There weren't any lights on in the room. So no shadow could possibly be in this room at all, especially a gray one in a pitch black room. I did not doubt for a second that it was a ghost, so I quickly retreated out of the room and slammed the door shut. I stood at the door with my hand on the knob for a few seconds in disbelief. I didn't attempt to process any information and just immediately put myself to sleep with all the lights on. However, the next day I thought of the whole scenario. The only theory I could think of was that if it was a ghost, the ghost must have preferred the dark, and that's why all the lights were turned off. I tried my best not to think about it ever, uh, but I most certainly made sure that whenever I was home alone or it was nighttime, I kept the door shut and the lights off. I figured that if I left the thing alone and kept it as dark as possible, the entity wouldn't bother me or my family. Oh, smart. I only told my mother, and she sort of seemed to believe me, but she certainly wasn't impressed with my story. I never told anyone else. I am fully mentally stable and have never taken any drugs, just in case you're wondering. The end.
0: I feel like this spirit was using all the energy in the house, which is why the lights immediately went off. Mm-hmm. But I think it was also kind of a, a plan to lure this, this person in. And okay. do something or send some sort of a message.
1: I can see that. Yeah, I wonder if anything particularly like extra weird happened after.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so scary to experience by yourself.
1: Imagine being home alone, all the lights turn off, and then you go to turn the fuse and the fuse is fucking on.
0: I, I would feel so helpless. Yeah. Would, and I'm assuming this person was younger. Mm-hmm. So where where are you to go? Home is supposed to be your safe space, and you, can't, you don't even feel safe in your own home. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, weird. Weird, weird, weird. Okay. My next story is titled, Just experienced the most terrifying feeling I ever had, and I'm in absolute shock. I write this the day after it happened before I go to bed, and I'm fucking terrified. Basically, I was trying to sleep last night while listening to some relaxing music, and all of a sudden, it felt like I had just taken a hit of a cigarette, Like, just out of nowhere, a rush hit me hard, and my music that I was listening to went silent as I felt an extremely dark presence in the corner of my room. My lights were off, and I just know with the bottom of my heart that if I opened my eyes, because I had closed them out of just paralyzing fear, that I for sure would have seen something in the corner. The feeling was so overwhelming, like it was so intense. I could feel some dark energy in my room at that moment with the same force I would feel if my crush was in the room with me. It was that type of powerful. This lasted for about 30 seconds before my song ended and an ad came on for the next song in which I snapped out of it and the feeling just completely disappeared. I have never experienced that much fear in my life. I have absolutely no words to describe how scared I was, and I went upstairs to sleep on the couch because I couldn't be in my room for the rest of the night. But this isn't even the craziest thing. The very next afternoon, which is today, I'm talking to my sister about what happened, and her jaw drops as I tell the story and gives me the craziest look. I asked her why she reacted like that, because my sister is very chill and not one to overexcite or overreact, so this was weird. And she tells me that night in one of her dreams, she dreamt of a dark spirit walking around our house. I'm in fucking shock like I don't know I've never experienced anything like this and to be honest I'm scared to sleep in my room again I didn't really believe in ghosts or anything before this but now I'm not quite so sure anymore it was too strange and the story is 100% real and I don't care if anyone calls bullshit because from the bottom of my heart this actually happened damn
1: and so the sister's kind of connected to it too yes
0: I mean it doesn't seem like the parents I don't know who lives in this house um, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming maybe the parents do as well, they, they didn't have an experience. Uh, so it makes you wonder why these two people.
1: I wonder. Ooh. Definitely. I wonder. Maybe there's, I mean, I feel like we have a common theme today, and that's haunted houses. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe there was something in the house that kind of connected, um, to whoever wrote this. Yeah. And got so connected and attached and intense that it connected to the sister as well
0: this seems very dark and malicious, yeah, I don't like anything about this spirit, so hopefully they can sage the house yep um do some sort of cleansing because i wouldn't i don't think I'd be able to sleep there tonight if i if that happened to me the day before
1: no way, no way i'm I don't blame i don't blame them for being super duper scared
0: oh are you kidding me what are the odds that your your sibling sees something or feel like feels something and that same night your sibling has a dream of a dark spirit roaming the house it's one thing to be a dream of a dark spirit somewhere else but it mm-hmm. was based in the house
1: exactly so it knows oh yeah okay is it my turn yeah
0: yes it is last story
1: okay this one is called the apartment haunting when i was younger i moved to this three-bedroom apartment with my family there were five of us so i shared a room with my sister so others would have their own rooms we got the bigger room with the walk-in closet and the sink mirror inside the room there was a door that led to a bathroom the bathroom was one of those bathrooms that had two doors one that led to the hallway and the other to our bathroom I never liked the idea of there being two doors to the bathroom and overall three to my bedroom, so it just creeped me out a lot. So every night before bed, I would go in the bathroom, through the door, in my room, lock the door so no one could open it from the hallway, and then I would close the door that led to my room and lock it from the inside so no one could open it. Then I would turn off all the lights and run to my bedside where my lamp was to turn it on. I've never been fond of the dark, same, so I would always do this and then cover my head with the covers to sleep. Every night, I would cover my head and finally get to sleep, only to be woken up at around 3 a.m. to none other than the bathroom doors opening. I would hear footsteps walking on the ground towards my bed and this girl humming a song. I could hear her walking and then stop right by my bed and stand over me. I would just wrap my covers tighter around my head and clamp down on them so my hands, with my hands so I would never look out at whatever was singing. This happened to me for the year and a half I lived there every single night. Then three more joined one night. I peeked and I saw a tall man in a top hat, a woman in a 20s style dress, and a taller woman that kind of looked like a nun And they would just stand there staring at me until I passed out from exhaustion. The one that hums still always comes through the bathroom doors and walked over to me, sorry, walked over to me and stood there also. I legit only peeked that one time and then, and then, from then on, I would cover my head every night and sleep as close to the wall as possible. One night, though, I guess that the girl in the white dress that hummed didn't like that I was ignoring them for some reason, so the covers got pulled off of me like in an upwards motion towards the ceiling. They didn't fall to the ground, they were legit ripped off of me, like even from my hands where I always balled the covers up. I was so shocked and scared that I just curled up and forced myself to sleep. After that, we moved out because we found a bigger place, but not because I told anyone who... And because no one knew at all. But the girl in the white dress and dark hair seemed to follow me around everywhere. I never knew why I was too afraid to speak. She just didn't feel good to me. I also had always been very sensitive to paranormal things ever since I could remember and for some reason, this one just scared me a lot. After age 15, I stopped seeing things full on, but sometimes I can see them in my peripheral vision or I can sometimes hear some whispering or feel a presence with me, but I haven't had a full-on experience in about five years. What do you guys think about this?
0: Well, I find this interesting because it reminds me of, it was yesterday, two episodes ago, where we talked about uh, somebody that believes that kid spirits or kid ghosts that you see aren't actually what you think they are. It's actually demons kind of uh, disguising themselves to get closer to other people and I kind of think that even though I don't agree that that's, you know, every single case, I feel like this one may be a dark yeah. spirit disguising themselves as a wom- a kid in white The ch- kid humming like that's just weird. Oh, the humming is spooky kooky. Mhm. I don't like that. Um it seems that it gets very agitated when it doesn't get what it wants. Which could mm-hmm. also be the behavior of just a small child, you know, acting spoiled. True.
1: But, Maybe they're just really in character. <laughs> but it,
0: but it's, the, it's that intuition, it's that gut feeling that you've had other experiences before, but the darkness that you associate this person with, that you know it's just, there's not something 100% right about this, mm-hmm. I think is enough evidence to say that this is something more than just a little girl in a white dress humming yeah so
1: what like what's your no. take yeah i agree i think that there's something malicious here and i think that it's got this whole squad of other ghosts that are all kind of the ghosts the spooky stereotypes right you've got like another woman you've got the man in the top hat mm-hmm. and you've got a nun
0: yeah, it's, right uh, like it's like the scary squad it's like the blumhouse productions cast list right there <laughs> jesus <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, uh, Blumhouse. Yesterday, I rewatched the movie *Sinister* on Netflix. So good. I forgot how creepy that movie is.
1: Have you ever I watched I've ever it? Seen it.
0: It's pretty much about this author that moves into this house that uh, a family about nine months previously were found hanging from their tree, and one of the daughters, the young daughters, was not hanging but missing. Um, so this crime writer, goes, moves into the house of this family to try to write this book, uh, try to get his... Try to sell the book so that he can, like, you know, become more successful. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: uh... Because, I guess, he writes crime, and you know, he talks about the police and things like that. The police in that town, when they find out he moved there, are not fans of him, say, you can't use us for help for finding evidence for your story since we don't support your work, blah, 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 blah. So, he... Like, you know, I kind of expected that. Blah blah blah. Goes upstairs in the attic and finds an old, uh, an old video camera with those, like, uh, those reels. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? And as he puts them in on the projector thing, he starts to realize that these videos are actually recordings of the actual deaths. And it's more than just deaths that happened in this specific house. It's different families. And he starts tying it to what is called the Boogeyman. And I don't want to give too much away if you haven't watched it, but uh, Netflix, Sinister. I think there's a couple other ones, uh, other Sinister movies, but uh, the first one is super, super scary. It makes you jump, and I'm not a jumper. I'm going to watch that tonight, probably. Yes, definitely. And let me know what you think, because it's so good. Okay. All right. I shall. I shall. My last story is titled Lake Ellisonor Boys Academy Changed My Skepticism on the Unknown. I was stationed at Camp Pendleton, California, and had a room in the barracks on the second floor. We had just come back from deployment, and I shared a room with my teammate. The rooms are set up with a room on either side of a shared bathroom. We shared one room since I was experiencing creepy shit and wanted to share the one room with him. Normally, there is two Marines per room, but neither of us had a roommate. While wall locker doors would slam, chairs would be pushed around the room in broad daylight, knocking and whispers became a part of the day. Since we were both at the end of our enlistment and the other unit was deployed, we were alone for the most part since we didn't have enough time to contra- on contract to do the work up for the next deployment. So after experiencing this, I decided to check out local haunted areas. Lake Ellis Norboys Boys Academy seemed to fit my newfound haze for fear. My A-Gunner was a very athletic and, uh, was a very athletic, very Catholic, oh my god, where did I get athletic <laughs> from Catholic from, and refused to accompany me. I ended up taking a night trip out there with one of my guys and his wife. It's about an hour or so drive from where we departed, and three quarters of the way, there is a newly- the newly rebuilt suburban decided it was time for the alternator to take a shit. <laughs> after making a call to AAA and getting a car to complete the adventure, we set off. I feel like this is a sign that maybe you shouldn't be making this trip, but
1: we're. This reading. already sounds like a scary movie. Yeah.
0: So, uh, after climbing a nine-foot fence and walking across the field toward the building, I immediately hyper. I got hyper vigilant. It felt like there was something hunting me. That's the best way I can describe it, so I figured I'd take point after we were on the rear of the building just before the pool. At the time, there was a manhole cover-sized hole kicked in the bottom of the plywood on the right ground level. Armed with a flashlight and a knife, more worried about squatters, druggies, and ghosties, I crawled myself in. The room was huge, big archway to my left and a decaying shallow room to my right. I cleared the room from where I was and uh, get the all clear for my bud and his lady to come in. Keeping my eyes in the doorway and yelling, "'Anyone here?' Hopefully to scare any squatters, animals, etc. While my bud came in, he got halfway to where I was, 15 feet to the center of the room, where we both heard what I can best describe as somebody trying to breathe slash gasp while choking on water. "'Tell me you hear that,' I asked my bud. He stopped walking before I could finish the sentence and asked the same thing. The breathing got heavier and louder and increased in cadence. His lady screams bloody fucking murder, so obviously my bud turns tail to get his wife and himself out, leaving me posted on security. I start yelling, who the fuck is that? Not realizing he left and was expecting me to follow. I keep panning my light around and searching for the source while it keeps getting louder and louder. I turn to see how they are and see nothing behind me other than an empty room. This is when I flip shit. Once I realize I'm alone and the sound is no longer external, but swear to fuck, inside my fucking head. I keep trained on the room openings and back out slowly, damn near too scared to expose my back. Then once I feel the wall at my back, I hightailed it out of there. I went back two weeks later (laughs) with a different friend. (laughs) Why? I know, right? Like you're hearing these voices inside your head at this point, like it gets inside you and you still decide to go back I digress okay I went back two weeks later with a different friend zero gut feeling or any of that cautionary type of feeling and nothing happened until I made him shut his light off at that point we had searched the whole place without the gut feeling I walked around like it was just an empty building no sounds other than footsteps in our breathing making our way to the main floor we were sitting on a couch to the right of the fireplace in what I would assume in the, is the gathering hall as soon as the lights went off, we hear all the bats in the attic freak balls. <laughs> 11 p.m.-ish, not early enough for bats to be that active. Then we hear hard-soled steps, not a soft clunk step, but hard stomping, even cadence, coming down the curved stairwell. Takes it about a full minute to get to us, all while I'm wrapping my butt up so he couldn't use the light. It stops, what sounded like a few feet in front of us, and we hear sigh. At this point, I let him go because I was freaking out. Flashlight is on, and there is nothing but emptiness ahead of us. The sound from the first night I went there will never leave my brain. I can still hear it the same as the day it happened. Has anyone on here been there before? And if so, have you ever had a similar experience?
1: The end. I respect this guy for going back.
0: I, I just don't know why the f- like, What are you trying to prove? <laughs> I, like, I mean, no one, no one has since commented saying that they've went into this place and have had experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just seems like whatever's there wants to be left the fuck alone. So, I would leave it the fuck alone. I'm looking it up right now. Boy Academy. Let's see. Cause I kind of want to see what this looks like. Yeah, it looks really weird. Like, I don't know if you'll How be able you to see. How you it? Um, it's Lake E-L-I-S-N-O-R Boys Academy. Very weird vibes. Definitely an older building. Yeah. Looks like something that... I mean, it just looks so destroyed on the inside. definitely can feel like there's some history behind this
1: Huh? weird yeah there's got to be some history there mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: i don't know of what because it seems like a very dark spirit but you won't be seeing me anywhere near lake ellis boys academy that's for sure <laughs> all right guys that concludes this episode of just Ghouly things the quarantine spooky story special episode 73 thank you so much for listening and lily do you have anything to wrap us up with
1: Um. God, I gotta start thinking of these in advance. To
0: be fair, Lily, we read these stories as we go, so you can't really think of them in advance. Okay, that's fair. Oh yeah, uh, watch out for haunted bathrooms. How many times do I have to say it? Oh yeah, well, clearly, clearly, you need to tell us a couple more times because people aren't getting the message. Just gotta shit outside. All right, let's go with the social medias, shall
1: we? We shall follow
0: us on Instagram at
1: Just Cooling Things Podcast.
0: Follow our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and
1: at Lily Baldessari. Twitter JGT Podcast. Facebook like page Just Cooling Things
0: Podcast. Facebook private group Just Cooling Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon Just Cooling Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at.
1: Just things podcast at gmail.com
0: thanks so much for listening boo thangs and we will talk to boo tomorrow goodbye, goodbye.